City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with the fans first. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Hornets being undefeated. Big win against the Atlanta Hawks in night one of the NBA season. Uh, So without further ado, I'm going to let you guys listen to me and Tim talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernacki. I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. The Hornets won their season opener against the Atlanta Hawks, 116-110. Uh, it was a back-and-forth game, Tim. The Hornets started out hot. We were up like 17-13 in the first quarter. Then the Hawks started to pull away in that second quarter. Uh, but Terry Rozier, basically by himself, brought the Hornets back. It was only a one-point game at the half. Um, and then in the second half, it was basically back and forth the entirety of the, of the second half. And in the fourth quarter, Tim, the Hawks started to pull away. I texted you. I think we lost. They were up by four. It just felt like it was going the wrong way. And Brandon Miller, Tim, he stepped up. He stepped up. And he made eight points in like two minutes. Uh, then he was pulled out of the game, and the starters took care of the rest. The Hornets beat the Hawks. We kind of own the Hawks, Tim. We beat them three times out of four games last year, beating them again this year. And we projected them to win over 41 games. So we basically just beat a 50-win team, Tim. <laughs> I like uh, I like the way you do math. Yeah, we've kind of just had Trey Young's number. Um, he's also just, as much as we've talked about him, um, he's a basketball terrorist, the way that he plays the game. It's really just disrespectful, and uh, they deserve to lose. But um, we're here to talk about the Hornets. And uh, Mark, his story of the game for me, uh, Mark Williams. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he started out hot. Um, He had, like, two buckets in, like, the first few minutes. Finished the game with 13 points, only missed one shot. Perfect from the free throw line, 15 boards, three steals, and a block, dude. Uh, yeah, he looked bonafide. I texted you before the game even started. Mark is huge. Like somehow in preseason, he looked smaller than he did today. He looked just like completely massive. Um, and yeah, he's legit. It, and you texted me. I don't know if you want to share it, but he, you're like, it's nice to have a center who can actually like catch the ball, who actually has hands. Uh, and yeah, he played great, dude. He absolutely did. Uh, I'd say he probably had the highlight of the game with that block on Trey. 
like a minute left in the first half and was deterring shots. Um, you know, like guys would kind of drive in and then immediately just um, toss it right back out, like not even like a proper driving kick. And there was a great play that led to a steal where Trey got him up in the air, wrapped a pass around him to Capella. Capella was going up for a dunk and just swatted it before uh, mm. Capella could even get a shot. And he really swatted it. It looked like he swatted on Trey Young, who was out of bounds, but it did miss him by um by a foot. But um, now, nah, man, he just looked like he belonged. Like, he was kind of pushing Capella around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say there are a couple times where Capella punked him. Um, like, it wasn't like he's complete, completely, like, dominated Clint in this matchup. But, like, he had the highest plus minus of the team tonight. The difference between, like, when Mark Williams was on the court and Nick Richards was on the court, I mean, not not to be negative this early in the podcast, but that was, like, a just a stark difference in how the Hornets were performing. Um, not only defensively, but also offensively. Yeah, always silly to take one game sample sizes with plus minus. But yeah, Mark was a plus 19 and Nick, I believe, was a minus seven. And obviously that was not all Nick's fault. Uh, I think he especially played well in the second half. But um, now that we, we legitimately have our center of the future, I wasn't sure going into the season. I was confident, but like you just never really know about like March basketball. But mm. uh, I know about October basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah w- wait w- what's more meaningful the first game of the year or, or march basketball i'm not i'm not sure i would, but I not, would say absolutely first game yeah yeah no, that's when teams are teams are coming out to play and i mean I, I completely agree with you like i i was at the same point where you were where we could talk you know about how he's a lot better than jalen Durant, and i believed that but I wasn't like a hundred percent sure that he was going to actually have a better career than Jalen Duran. I'm still not a hundred percent sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's gonna have a better career than Jalen Duran. He looks very, very good. I mean, the stats don't really say enough. You gotta go watch that highlight of Trey Young. If you missed the game, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, yeah, he was he was a beast. Dude, basically we had just a very solid six man rotation tonight. Um, all the starters were in double figures and then our sixth man, Brandon Miller, uh, also was in double, double figures. It was like an all around team game. I would say PJ Washington was objectively the best, the best player on the court tonight. He had, he hit that runner in the paint or like, I don't even know what you, what you call it six times, five times where, uh, in the past he's taken that shot in like it was not going down at that clip. So I'm interested to see if that's going to be like a sustainable shot for him, but he was, he wasn't scoring from the three point line. He was only one for six from the three point line. He made all of his shots basically in the paint. He had a couple dunks and he had that runner shot where he, he was driving into the paint and instead of uh, going up for like a contested layup, he would just flip it up and it would swish in. Um, and yeah, he finished with 25 points. I'm happy because we paid him such a reasonable contract um, and if he's going to play like this, I don't think that kind of scoring is, or efficiency is sustainable, but if he's going to play even close to like this, it was worth it. And like I said, it could have even been better. Like if he hit a couple more threes, he, he'd have 30, 31 points tonight. Yeah. That's kind of always been the, the deal with PJ where like, oh man, he had a great game. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was six or seven from three. It's like, mm-hmm. But tonight he was creating most of it really like on his own. He even set up a beautiful give and go for himself, uh, kind of beating this man off the dribble, giving it to Teo. Then Teo gave it right back, uh, finished it off with dunk. He had four dunks tonight. Um, 
very aggressive, hit a step back off the triple, um, just doing a little bit of everything. Um, and it was great to see. I thought the jumper was looking good too. I felt like he had like a little more elevation on it than he's had in the past. Um, I'll have to see like a side by side, but um, promising. We should really just convince PJ that every game of the season is the first game of the season. Yeah, he notoriously like did that. Did this his rookie year too, where he dropped what twenty seven is in the first game. Yeah, um, so- but again, that that was on threes. Like it's a lot easier for you to just have like a hot shooting night than for you to for him to do what he did tonight. I think that was that's a very good point. And I mean, I tried to phrase it as well as you just did, but yeah, exactly. Like uh, most of his good games in the past were just like, oh, I was seven of twelve from three, or oh, uh, you know, I I got a bunch of look good looks from Lamelo, but it was a lot of a lot of him creating for himself um so that was that was encouraging i would say like our third best player was probably terry rogier um in that stretch in the second quarter the hawks were up by like 10 or 12 um and it just felt depressing like i was starting to get into hornets in heartbreak mode we were texting back and forth and terry just kind of saved the day i don't know how many points he had in that stretch but he was awesome uh he got to the line 12 times some of that was in in uh, garbage time at the end there, but he got to the line a decent amount. Um, and he just had his normal crafty offense, not a great three point shooting game from him either, but he just made some sick shots and kind of kept us alive in that second quarter. Yeah. He had, um, that beautiful, uh, extended layup over Capella that like, I don't even know if it touched net there in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's like every time he scored a bucket, it was like when we needed it. Um, it was all essential. I thought he looked good. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll give him. I'll give him third best player. You know our awards that mean nothing to them. Uh, hand out to Terry. Good for him. That was enjoyable. And yeah, as you said, team effort. Um, was it thirty four assists on forty nine mm-hmm. or uh, forty three made baskets? Um, yes. Everyone was getting involved. Like, wasn't just like a Lamelo pick heavy or pick and roll heavy offense. Everyone was uh, chipping in. You know, got to bring up Mark Williams again. Only had one assist, but it was a very nice assist to uh, Brandon Miller in that eight-point stretch. Um, yeah, we were really just cooking on all cylinders except for the last, like, four or five minutes of the um, of the second quarter where we had four straight turnovers that led to four straight fast-break dunks for the Hawks yeah. and um, a small amount of time where Jalen Johnson – was just looking like Giannis. <laughs> I think I think that was in the first quarter, but yeah, like we were doing well. We were up like 17, 12 in the first quarter. And then at some point that stretch happened where we just turned the ball over a lot. And we kind of decided to break this pot up into like good. And then we'll talk about the bad uh, in, in a little bit. So I guess we can talk more about the turnovers. Then I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit more about Brandon Miller um, because I was pretty prepared to come into this, podcast like in the before the fourth quarter stretch happened and be like is he is he good is he is he gonna be able to create his own shot and then that eight point flurry from him that again kind of basically won us this game like obviously it's a team effort but i i felt like the game was slipping away at that point we're down by four he hit that where he pump faked a three-pointer dribbled in a little bit stepped back and hit a three to cut it to one um, and then he made a layup under the basket and then hit just like an open three from the top of the key. And it was like, all right, he is good. He actually, he is good. And he finished the game with 13 points um, on five of nine shooting. It's really five of eight because he took like a heave at the end of the third quarter. Um, and, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like lights out. He didn't, he didn't like 
wasn't spectacular in this game, but uh, I like what I saw. Yeah, I did too. Um, 25 minutes for a rookie in the first game under Clifford. Good sign. Um, I don't think Clifford was just uh, blowing smoke up his ass this preseason either, where, uh, you know, he had that very nice transition pass. Oh, yeah, whenever he got a rebound, man, he was just pushing it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there was a time where, like, Lamelo was next to him, and he just kept the ball and kept going, and I was like, you know what? Nah, not even mad. I was like, you know, keep doing it. But, yeah, he had a, a nice look-away pass um, and then got, you know, got Gordy an open look off the misdirection. And when they were running back, Gordon, like, pointed to him and was like, oh, man, thank you, like, really set me up. And I was like, oh, man, this team's going to break my heart, but I love him right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, he he was nice, dude, and and that little that flash of uh, eight eight points in two minutes uh, was was sick. His um, um is quicker than I thought. Like I don't know. Like obviously watched all the summer league games, watched all the preseason games, but um tonight seemed to be getting it off. Uh, I was just kind of worried about the contests, and uh, I thought his defense was solid as well. Sorry to cut you off. That's that's the Brandon Miller talk. Nah, man, I'm I'm excited about it too, and I I want to talk a little bit more like. He didn't really do much off the dribble um, in this game, and that's something you're going to want to see a little bit more from him, but he didn't have to because he was never, like, the best player on the court. And in, like, the preseason, we would see him run with Frank Natilakina, JT Thor, Nick Richards, uh, lineups where he was, like, asked to do a little bit more. I kind of like it when he's just uh, an off, mostly, like, an off-ball player, at least to start out. But at some point, we're going to need to see, like, a little bit more dribbling from him yeah no that's that's definitely the goal as the season goes on and um i think he'll be able to do it uh seem pretty confident i think it's like a jabari smith junior situation with that or like rookie jabari smith um another odd positive um jt thor shooting you know he hit the one three but um he was just kind of posting up around like 14 feet which isn't perfect for spacing but um he was really just popping him off you know he had a couple jumpers missed a couple but um, if he's just that confident in it, that's um, that's like an interesting skill. And we're in a weird place when JT Thor is the seventh most minutes on the team. Um, never, I don't know. I never thought I'd say that on opening night of a Hornets game. I'm here for it. Uh, I don't think he was particularly good, but yeah. he's just kind of a fascinating player to watch. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm. Pretty sure that you're good on defense. And other times I'm just like, wow, like where is the energy at? But no, for the most part, I just um yeah, I just think he's an interesting player and I'm I hope that he continues to get a good amount of run. Don't want him getting yeah. thirty minutes, but um getting that eighteen minute per game, just knock that out. Yeah, yeah, let's let's see if we can develop in, him into something a little bit more. Hold on, with Brandon Miller, Tim. We gotta talk about it. All right. I don't think we can bring back F your rookie quite yet, Tim. But when he drops 20 points, when he drops 20 points for the first time, are we going to come on here and, and slander Victor Wembanyama? I mean, we're slandering the entire lottery. I'm going after, <laughs> I'm going after Jonathan Gavoni. I'm going after the draft community. It's like, oh, get the Thompson twins. Uh, no. <laughs> Line loyalty. Yeah, man. No, he was good. I, I mean, I'll be curious to see the other the other box scores. Like, were any other rookies as good as him tonight? I'm, I'll be curious. Uh, Victor, Victor's playing right now. Uh, I bet he has. I bet he's over four. That's what. I, that's what my <laughs> prediction is. Uh, I'm digging my own grave here. He probably, he probably has twenty points already. 
Uh, but word, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll bring that segment back when he's uh, got a little bit more more to his resume. This podcast is brought to you by AllHornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. AllHornets.com aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets. From breaking news, rumors, fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis, AllHornets.com covers it all, and nobody else does it better. All right, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about the bad here, Tim. There wasn't – I mean, there's quite a few things on my list, but we did win the game, so I don't want to rag on the team too much. We already talked a little bit about Brandon Miller's lack of creation – uh, dude, the Lamelo first half, um, and and a little bit carrying over into the second half. That was like you you said it you said it first. Uh, he was space jammed. He just like completely forgot how to play basketball in that first half. He had two air balls. He was over eight, um, and it was a miracle that we were within one point um, at the end of that first half. It was it was really awful, um, and he just had several like clumsy turnovers. I was surprised to see the box score. He only had three turnovers. Uh, and he, he did finish with 10 assists. So, like, you look at the box score, it's like, oh, 15, 6, and 10. That's not a bad game. But uh, if you watch that first half, it was it was atrocious. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of the first half. There's, like, a good chance there's some kid that was in the crowd for his first ever game tonight, and he was just a huge Lamelo, huge Trey Young fan. And after the game, he was like, fuck, Dad, like, can we go to the Checkers game? <laughs> 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 they were, I mean, like, Lamella was really bad, but I mean, my guy Trey really came out on the other end and was like, I got you. <laughs> but I mean, just such offensive turnovers, offense shooting. Even like the one three he made, he was really just trying to like foul or get a foul off Rozier. But um, yeah, no, Lamella was stinking it up. Um, I thought he started to create a bunch of good shots, but in that first half, I was just like, is this this like must be what like Lamelo haters think Lamelo actually is? Yeah, yeah, I felt like a Lamelo hater, but it was awful. Uh, like you know, I, I mean, if he had played like that in the second half, we would have like an emergency on our hands. He did uh, kind of shape up in the second half. He had four threes, um, which was solid offense. But I don't think he ever looked like his like normal self. Like there wasn't much pick and roll action. We kind of talked about that, um, and he was like by no means like at any point. The, the best player on the court or did it feel like he was the best player on the court um so yeah something something to watch is just just one game but that first half by itself was was unwatchable yeah um he does have the i noticed he started doing it uh this preseason the move where um he'll just pass to someone pretty much like directly next to him and just make like a straight beeline to the basket mm. and it works literally one time per game it looks really cool but, you know, uh, my boy Teo kind of messed it up and just wasn't expecting him to cut, so missed the pass. But uh, had a wide open lane, and uh, then he did it like five other times in the game. Didn't really work any of those times, but um, looks cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it is providing like spacing, something for the defense to react to. I, I like it. I like it when he does that. Um, too, he, also, he moved off ball to give uh, Gordy space for that uh that iso where you get the behind the back mm. and forth so he's at least moving off ball he's doing more than most young guards yeah yeah but no, again not the not exactly the like oh fourth year lamello uh you know first game of the season <laughs> game that you wanted wanted to see from him but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because we got the dub tim it does not matter um let's talk about let's talk about your boy teo let's talk about that um, so we had this ongoing debate before the season of who should be the like Hornets backup point guard, who's the best guard on the bench that's not named Cody Martin. Um, and uh, I thought it was Edmund Sumner. 
and I checked the roster. Uh, Tim, he's not on the team anymore. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have to go with uh, Teo Baladon, who uh, will not shoot a three-pointer and will not make a three-pointer. Doesn't matter, dude. He's a basketball player, Mark. That's <laughs> trying to tell you you went to sloan conference and you're so caught up in these threes you can't see what's right in front of you that's yourself a championship level backup guard he's like you know he's like Derek fisher without without shaq and kobe he just does the right things doesn't matter he's out there he the only thing the only bad thing about teo is he wears a t-shirt under his jersey and uh that's just not a cool look for a guard that's what I'm currently doing under my uh, Lamelo Ball jersey. That's what I'm currently wearing, Tim. So you just you that's, just calling me out? No, that's different. It's fine to do in like when you're not playing basketball. Oh, okay, okay, okay. For but yeah, get that Big Ten shit out of here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, can we actually talk about how he won't shoot a three though? Because there were several <laughs> times. There was one possession where he had two wide open threes and said he dribbled in and then passed it out <laughs> to somebody again. Um, and he was over two. He just did not look like he wanted to shoot. Um, and that's going to be a problem, Tim. I, I, I agree with you on the, he's a basketball player point to, to a degree. He had, he had a few nice plays. He had that play with PJ. Um, and like, in terms of like point guard skills, he is kind of like a traditional, like good point guard. But in today's NBA, I learned this at Sloan conference. Uh, they said three pointers are good and he won't shoot. Hey. You know what they told me like two years ago? You can't win a championship with a big man as your best player. Mm. You know, you know, Sloan's gotten it wrong a couple times. I guess, I guess, Teo. Listen, has- I, I, I tried to tell you that Daryl Morey was the Elon Musk of the NBA, and um, I'm feeling pretty good about that call right now. <laughs> I don't even have a horse in the race anymore, man. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't care who the backup point guard is. I just would like a little bit more, a little bit more production out of that, <laughs> out of that role. That that was, dude. If Ed, if Edmund Sumner had the same game, you'd be like Tim. I fucking told you. <laughs> <laughs> he had four like, points and four assists. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, dude. That's a four by four, dude. When <laughs> made billions of dollars off it. It's a hit. It's gonna work time he you know he wasn't trying to take space away from anyone he was he's just making the right basketball play dude all right uh the turnovers we kind of already touched on this but the hornets had 19 turnovers that's too many um i would say that this is just a little bit of first game jitters i mean that's a stretch in the first quarter where we just handed the ball to them and let them dunk the ball like three or four times in a row was horrible to watch um and I don't know, just like a little bit more organized offense would be nice to see. And that would cut out some of the turnovers, but they're just bad turnovers where you're like on the wing, you try to dribble, nothing's happening. You pass it to the top of the key and then the other team steals it. That happened like 10 times um, and just led to some very easy buckets for the Hawks. Uh, and that was, that was unpleasant. Terry had a two minute stretch in the second quarter where he just threw like back to back crap or uh, cross court passes that um, one got tipped and, like, you know, one got fully intercepted. And I was like, is this, like, a blue chip situation? Like, is Terry throwing this game? Does he have, like, the under on the second quarter? Like, why is he doing this? Yeah. There's so many brutally careless passes. The type that, like, if it was the 70s, Bobby Knight would have just hit his players on the floor and people would have been like, what a coach. You know, this all goes back to the fact that we need a little bit more creation in our bench unit and the Hornets should have kept Edmund Sumner. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, moving on from that, uh, Nick Richards, um, I would say, was not particularly good in his backup minutes tonight. He got pretty dominated. I mean, he had a couple of nice, nice plays. Um, he got to the line four times. He was decent on offense, but defensively, I thought he'd struggle. Yeah, he had that one nice uh, block on Trey to close the third. But outside of that, yeah, he looked he looked a little slow out there. Um, eventually got his coveted offensive rebound. But, you know, in his first, like, I think nine minutes, he had, like, one rebound. Um, he was just kind of out there taking up space. I thought he played better in the second half. But um, as always, this is a super boring thing to say at fir- about the first game. But, like, just a really good screen setter. <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's save let's save that for like january all right (laughs) we're we're not talking about screens right now um okay a couple of last things i have written down uh jalen johnson was drafted uh 20th in the 2021 nba draft the hornets had the 11 and 19 pick he had 21 points tonight uh that's like just about as much as kai jones james book knight have scored in their careers um so yeah uh, wish we had drafted him. That's that's like a bad thing for tonight. Yeah, I do too. I always remember liking him because he hated Coach K. And I was like, you know, I don't think this guy's such an asshole after all. I don't care that he quit on his team. Um, and he was just he was just charging down so fast on those fast breaks. Like, Hayward was kind of looking at him like, hey, dude, why don't you calm the fuck down? Like, it's game one. Like, <laughs> really not trying to run this often. And he was just punishing us with the speed, man. Um I'm sure this, you know, we might have caught, you know, one of the better games of his career, but I was like, no, oh, I'm going to like pay attention to this guy from now on. Yeah. I really enjoy Yeah. I mean, he had the most minutes off the bench of, of any uh, Hawks player, more than Bogdanovich. Um, so he was, he was getting a lot of run, which was like, yeah, very surprising. Okay. The last, the last bad thing, um, the Hawks shot five of 29, that's 72.2% from three. I hate you said the Sloan thing, and now any time I talk about three point shooting, I'm gonna feel self conscious. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, just joking. Only, only in regards to uh, to my <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that's not gonna uh, hold up. Yeah, they were just like extremely cold. Trey Young was awful. Dejounte Murray was also awful. Um, and they're the two best players on the Hawks team. So if you look at this like objectively, um, you know. They're gonna they're gonna make a few more threes next time, and the Hawks would win this game uh, on average with the amount of times we turned over turned the ball over and just how poorly they shot from three. Um, but you know, good perimeter defense. That's what that's what I'll chalk it up to. That's that's what say we held the guards to like twelve of thirty four shooting. Yeah. No, I mean, okay. Trey Young was four of nineteen, and Dejounte Murray was three for fourteen. That's horrible. I, I mean, that is like the worst game they're going to have this year. I will put a dollar. This will not be the worst game they have this year. <laughs> I think they will have five games that are somewhat similar to this because those dudes do not seem like they fucking like each other at all. <laughs> um, dude, yeah, or we could we could attribute this. Lamelo took a leap defensively. You want to go there? You know what? Lamelo did actually look better defensively, which, you know, pretty low bar. But he was making the wrong decisions, going under on screens, but he was at least fighting. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that does it, Tim, for our, for our first game recap. Um, yeah, what, what a start. 1-0. Uh, when this team gets healthy, Tim, I'm going to be feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good 
later on in the season about this roster because we have a solid starting five. You talk about our bench, it gets gets a little dire pretty quickly. But solid starting five and, and Brandon Miller look good. So I'm I'm feeling optimistic. Mark, we live we live for tonight. All right. Yes. We are one to know. No one can ever take that away from us. Tied for first place. Yeah, tied for first place. Loving it. And um yeah, man, it's gonna be a great season. It was like genuinely fun to watch a game and be like, I really hope they win and not be like, fuck man, we're losing ping pong balls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all of last year. And okay, I can make like a quick counter argument. I just said all that stuff about Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. Also, Lamelo Ball is not going to play that poorly most nights. I mean, that was ter- a terrible first half. He's our best player, and he he was not looking like our best player tonight. So a little rebound from Lamelo, and this would have been this would have been a twenty point win. Will be next time. That's right. That's right. All right, Tim. Uh, what you got for media corner? Um, I'm going to go with the. I believe Blue Note, but a uh, jazz classic, Cornbread by Lee Morgan from, I think, 1961. Um, everyone should listen to it. He's uh, one of the greatest trumpet players of all time and uh, had a lot of connections to Wilmington, North Carolina. What you got? Uh, I got nothing. Um, I just am going to go watch the Victor Wembanyama game, take some notes, so I'm prepared for a future segment uh, that we may have coming up later this season. That dude, the grind never stops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be with my with my notepad, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to record my own stats for the game. I don't trust ESP. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm going to record my own podcast for it. I was like, all right, man, had a good run. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hornets the heartbreak brought to you by Mark. No, uh, yeah, it's been it's been real, Tim. Let's uh, let's re- We'll have another episode coming next uh, next Thursday. There'll be like two or three more games by that point. So. Uh, yeah, we'll be three and zero. That's it. Last last undefeated team in the league. Well, uh, you be safe out there, Little Mark. All right, peace, bro. Peace.